Hi again, everybody. I'm Dan Horde, and this is the Bengals Booth Podcast, the Scalped Edition, as we'll look back at a sobering Sunday night in Kansas City as the Bengals went to Arrowhead Stadium and got taken to the woodshed by Patrick Showtime Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up, you'll hear radio replays from the game, locker room interviews with several players, and Dave Lapham will join me for post-game analysis. Plus, in this week's Fun Facts interview, I'll talk to Bengals tight end Mason Shrek, who will tell us what it was like to arrive at the University of Buffalo right out of high school and have to try to block Khalil Mack. All of that is straight ahead, but first, here's a quick reminder that you can have the latest edition of this podcast delivered right to your phone, tablet, or computer by subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean. It's the greatest invention since the backspace key. If you are roughly as old as I am, or older, you remember typewriters and whiteout. Yes, kids, back in the day, if you were typing something on an actual piece of paper and made a mistake, you either ripped the paper out of the typewriter and started over, or you opened a little bottle with this white paint-like liquid, took out a tiny brush, and covered up your mistake, then waited for the liquid to dry before starting to type again. Now, you simply hit the backspace key and continue. It's glorious! Now let's get to the game. According to the guy who owns Skin Quest Tattoos in Kansas City, people requesting to have Patrick Mahomes' face tattooed onto their body is becoming increasingly popular in Kansas City. He estimates he's had 12 to 15 requests so far, and that number is likely to grow after the clinic the 23-year-old quarterback put on against the Bengals. Of course, it helps to have weapons like running back Kareem Hunt, who led the NFL in rushing as a rookie last year and had 141 combined rushing and receiving yards on Sunday night. On second and 10, he hands it off to Kareem Hunt, trying to run wide to the right. Drake Kirkpatrick slowed him down but didn't tackle him. Now Hunt hurdles a Bengal, runs inside the 10, and finally gets brought down at the six-yard line. I'll tell you, that's vision and balance for Kareem Hunt. And Drake Kirkpatrick has him. And they pull both guards. Kirkpatrick kind of gets around the outside. And just basically it was almost like square dancing. Dozy doe. Just ring him around and let him go. Here's Bengals linebacker Preston Brown on the challenge of tackling Kareem Hunt. You got to really want to tackle that guy. He's not going to just accept that he's going to tackle. He's going to keep fighting, jump over you, try to get as many yards as he can. I mean, he wants to score every time he gets the ball. You can tell in the way he runs. And he can catch the ball, too. Mahomes is under center. He'll drop back to throw. Rolling right. Cocks the arm. Throws. Caught near the two-yard line. Hunt extends the ball toward the pylon. Touchdown, Kansas City. That was the final play of a 95-yard touchdown drive by the Chiefs on their opening possession. And Kansas City led 7-0. All right, we knew the Chiefs were going to score. But last week, the Patriots beat the Chiefs 43-40 because New England didn't make mistakes. The Patriots never punted in the game and didn't have a single penalty enforced against them. The Bengals were not quite that sharp. They had eight penalties, they punted five times, and early in the second quarter they botched a punt when it was hard to tell what happened. On fourth and nine at their own 44, Clark Harris appeared to snap the ball directly to the personal protector Clayton Fedulum, who didn't seem to be expecting a fake punt. 
The disaster gave the Chiefs the ball to Bengals 32. So, what happened, Coach Lewis? We had miscommunication, and it shouldn't happen. Especially against the Chiefs, who took advantage of the short field to make it 14-0. Mahomes under center, drops straight back to throw, pocket closes, throws off his back foot, caught at the 13-yard line. The receiver escapes. It's Hunt charging toward the forward right pylon. And he is, well, one official is standing at the five. The other gives the touchdown signal. Now, did he step out of bounds at the five-yard line? Is that official marking the ball? No, he's not. So it's going to be a touchdown for Hunt. That was Hunt's second touchdown grab from Mahomes as he ran right through the arms of Vontez Perfect after catching the ball. Here's Jesse Bates on the Bengals' tackling woes. That's something that we, we struggle with tonight. And uh, obviously those guys are, are pro bowlers and they're really good for a reason. So, um, you know, you just got to tackle and get better at it. Trailing 14-0, the Bengals finally looked like the team that entered the game, sixth in the NFL in scoring. A.J. Green had four catches for 72 yards on a 77-yard drive that cut the Chiefs' lead in half. Dalton in the shotgun on third down and goal from the four with the Bengals down by two touchdowns. Andy catches the shotgun snap. Nice. Fires. Nice. Caught at the goal line by Uzama. Touchdown, Bengals. Uzama broke out the Macarena after that touchdown catch because he figured it was game on with the Bengals only trailing 14-7. I wouldn't have danced if if I hadn't thought that. Honestly, I was just handing the ball to the ref and ran off on the sideline. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we drove the ball down the field and scored, and I was like, all right, nice, here we go. Um, this is what this is kind of the drive we needed to, to spark us, and um, we'll come back and, you know, we'll, we'll continue scoring, and that just didn't happen. Instead, the Chiefs dominated the final two-and-a-half quarters. It's third down and six as a result of the five-yard penalty. Mahomes back to throw, looking over the middle, cocks the arm, throws it into the end zone, and it's the easiest touchdown he will throw all year as tight end Demetrius Harris, former college basketball player, reels in a 17-yard TD. At the half, it was Kansas City 24, Cincinnati 7. Here's Preston Brown. They got a great offense on that side, and Andy Reid is doing some stuff to confuse the defense, going against schemes, a lot of four to the side, five to one side, a lot of things you don't see in American football. It's more Canadian type stuff, how they get everybody on this side, but they do it well. Kansas City's first play of the third quarter was a 50-yard pass that helped make Kareem Hunt's fantasy owners really happy. Hunt lines up to the right of Patrick Mahomes, who waits for the shotgun snap. Now Hunt motions to the quarterback's left. They give it to Kareem Hunt, looking to add a rushing touchdown to his two receiving touchdowns, and he's got it. Kansas City scores again. Man, so many weapons to choose from. And the Chiefs' beleaguered defense, on a pace to allow the most yards in NFL history going into the game, even put points on the board against Cincinnati. From the 25, Dalton drops back to throw. His pass over the middle, intercepted. Running it back to the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Ron Parker with a pick six for the Kansas City Chiefs. Those last two touchdowns came nine seconds apart and made the score 38-7 in the third quarter. The Chiefs were allowing nearly 29 points a game going in. The Bengals only scored 10 on Sunday night. Here are C.J. Uzama and offensive lineman Bobby Hart. It's tough to, to beat a team like that, any team, honestly, but, I mean, a team like that um, playing the way that we did offensively and hurting ourselves the way we did. That's a great football team. That's definitely, you know, one of the top, one of the top teams in the AFC, so, you know, 
shoot, we got to see that how we match up against them. So that we got to put our head down. We got a lot of work to do. The only question left in the fourth quarter was how ugly the final score would be. The answer, 45 to 10. Mahomes in the shotgun with Kareem Hunt to his left. Fumbled the snap. Mahomes scoops it up, scrambles left, throws, touchdown. <laughs> right at the forward left pylon and Tyreek Hill, who dropped the touchdown pass a few plays ago, gets his touchdown catch after all. Just like Andy Reid drew it up. Fumbled the ball. You know, it looked like it was his own read. It looked like he wanted to hand it off to the running back, and he couldn't because he fumbled the football. And then he came out to his left. It's like, okay, well, I'm not even going to do the zone read part of it to Kareem Hunt. I have to throw it. Patrick Mahomes finished with 358 passing yards, four touchdowns, and a passer rating of 123.7. And here's a final nugget about him. Last year, the Saints had the 11th pick in the draft, and head coach Sean Payton called Drew Brees to tell him there was a good chance they were going to draft Mahomes to be his successor. They didn't want Brees to be blindsided by the news. But then the Chiefs sent two first-round picks and a third-round pick to Buffalo to move up from the 27th pick to the 10th pick in order to take Mahomes. He could be sitting the bench in New Orleans right now. Instead, he's good for business at SkinQuest Tattoos. Here are final thoughts from the locker room on a 35-point L from Marvin Lewis, Jesse Bates, and Preston Brown. Got to commit ourselves to being able, first off, move the football by running the football. And, uh, you know, we didn't want to get into a throwing-type game uh, like that. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we didn't play well enough. We didn't execute well enough. We had to sustain, make first downs today. That was the key element. This one's going to be hard to swallow just because uh, it's in front of everyone. Everyone was watching, and I think we we're excited to show people what we, what we can do. Um, and we didn't do that tonight. So, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, this week, uh, we got another opportunity next week to uh, go in to the bye week with a win and uh, you know, get this thing back rolling the right way. Everybody in the world is watching the Sunday night game. You want to go out there and have a great showing, but we just didn't do it enough on defense. I mean, you know with an offense like that, you got to hold them to at least 21 points to have a shot to win. And their defense was playing outstanding tonight, so we had to be better in their defense, and that's how every game goes, and we just weren't the better defense today. Now time to bring in my broadcast partner, Dave Lapham, for post-game analysis. Lap, coming into this game, we knew the Bengals were going to need to play extremely well to knock off the Chiefs at home, particularly on defense. When you play poorly, it becomes a blowout, and that's what happened tonight. Yeah, I think that um, the Kansas City Chiefs are the fastest offense in the National Football League and you can't simulate it when you're getting ready for them in practice. If you could simulate it, all those guys in simulators would be playing. So you, you get a look at where they are in formations, how they're lined up, window dressing, all those kind of things that Andy Reid might do. But you get in the game, and it's happening 125 miles an hour as opposed to 30 miles an hour when you were working against it in practice in terms of the comparison of the speed of the players. And I mean, they, they were not ready for what attacked them uh, tonight's football game and they tackled accordingly. They were never in position to make tackles. They missed more tackles than I think you can count. You run out of fingers, and, you know, it was just you have to tip your cap to greatness, and the, and the Kansas City Chiefs played great tonight, and the Bengals were, were far from it. And, you know, it wasn't their best performance defensively nor offensively. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs, people were like, oh, it'll be, you know, who has the ball last? It's going to be trading touchdown after touchdown. Everybody was looking forward to that on a big national stage. Of Sunday night football and the and the offense uh, 
You know, they laid an egg as well. I mean, there were dinosaur eggs laid by every phase. That's the mystery because going into the game, the Chiefs are giving up an average of 468 yards a game, dead last in the NFL by 28 yards, so it wasn't close. The Bengals got 239 yards of offense and scored 10 points. They got behind. Um, they couldn't run the football. Even when they weren't behind, they couldn't run the football uh, as effectively and, and uh, efficiently as they wanted to do it. And, and then you get behind to this football team. You have to throw a little bit more than you want to, and then you get behind by more, and now you're all disjointed. And, uh, you know, special teams, Coach Lewis, when I asked him about it in the post game, he said miscommunication, you know, shouldn't have happened. So I think a fake was on, or Clark Harris heard something that he thought a fake was on, and he uh, snapped the football to Clayton Fedulum, and the fake wasn't on, and it, it got obliterated in short field. So you can't, you know, give the Kansas City Chiefs a short field. Mahomes is drooling over that kind of stuff. So instead of complimentary football, it was non-complimentary football. Every phase uh, didn't support the other one. So, I mean, it was a stinker, you know, and unfortunately it happened on Sunday night football in front of the world, you know, at least the nation and probably the world. And as a former player, that sticks with you because your friends, your family, you're embarrassed. You're embarrassed. I remember losing nationally televised games, not like this, just losing the game. You just have a hard time getting over it. Losing like this... It's brutal. That's a brutal, brutal night for sure. The Bengals have pro bowlers on defense. Carlos Dunlap, Geno Atkins, Will Jackson looked like a future pro bowler last year. Preston Brown tied for the NFL lead in tackles last year. And yet, seven games into the season, the defense really hasn't played that well. Vontez Burfecht has been a pro bowler, and it's disjointed. It's just not cohesive. It's not being. It's not put together. Um, They've had substitution issues in some games. They've had assignment mistake issues in games. Um, you know, quarterbacks are going on double snap counts to make them tip blitzes. And then there's no check if the quarterback, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, 14 blitzes, he recognized 12 of them. And you got to check out of it if he's got it cold. They don't check out of it. I mean, it's just, it's tough to watch sometimes. They're just not, uh, they're not playing cohesively. They're not playing as one unit. You know, offense, I mean, uh, defensive line, linebackers and secondary, you know, it's, uh, there are multiple mistakes being made at every level. And the missed tackles um, against the Kansas City Chiefs, tackling is effort, you know. And, uh, I mean, at least getting yourself in position to make tackles. You're going to have a few. You're not going to tackle these guys every time, but you can't miss them every damn time either and give them so many yards after catch, so many yards after contact, spin moves, you know, after contact, um, so much separation they can't close the space. And like we talked about before the game, they have so many guys that can make you miss in space and then run away from you, and they did a lot of it. <laughs> That's what they did. They not only made them miss and look silly, some guys can do that and don't have breakaway speed. Other guys have breakaway speed but can't make you miss. These suckers have both, and they showed it. They showcased it, man. They were a bunch of show dogs. It's hard not to conclude after a game like this that the Chiefs are a much better team than the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, a lot can change over the course of the rest of the season, the good news for the Bengals is that the Chiefs are not in their division. The Ravens, Steelers, and Browns are. Baltimore lost. Cleveland lost. The Steelers had a bye. The Bengals at 4-3 and three are still obviously in decent shape, but they've got to go home and take care of business. Yeah, and the Kansas City Chiefs still have the Cleveland Browns and Baltimore Ravens to play. 
They've beaten the Steelers, beaten the Bengals. You have to hope that they sweep the AFC North, and they're very capable of doing that because the Bengals lost one to them. So now they've lost a division game. They lost another conference game today. They lost two games in a row that, you know, are, are tough pills to swallow. You know, you lose a division game at home, that's like losing two games. Then you go on the road and you get blown out. So you lose a heartbreaker at home to a division rival, and then you get your doors blown off uh, on Sunday night football. you got to regroup and regroup fast because Dirk Cutter and Marvin Lewis were college roommates, but there ain't, there ain't no sympathy there. Dirk Cutter will try to do everything he can to beat Marvin Lewis, and Marvin knows that. And uh, the Cincinnati Bengals better realize it as a football team. Tampa Bay's not going to feel the least bit sorry for them. And they got to get back on the winning track. If they can go into the bye week with a five and three record, you know, their worst case scenario, they're going to be tied for the division lead at the halfway mark, and they're tracking for a ten and six season if they duplicate that. And they need the time to heal up. And watching on pregame, Billy Price moving well, Giovanni Bernard moving well. They're going to start to get bodies back, and that that's going to be helpful. Um, you know, if you can be five and three at the bye heal up, start getting some bodies back that can make contributions, not just guys, but guys that are starting football players or major contributors in sub-packages, you know, it's going to help you. And right now, they're limping and creeping to to the bye week for sure. Thanks, Lap. Now time for this week's Fun Facts segment, as you get to know the person under the pads. Time for some fun facts with Bengals tight end Mason Shrek from Medina, Ohio, about a half hour south of Cleveland. How do you describe your hometown? Uh, it's a small hometown, um, but it was a great place to grow up. What do your folks do for a living? Uh, my dad is a uh, insurance salesman, risk management and insurance. My mom is just a stay-at-home mom. Aside from football, what were you into as a kid? Um, a lot of golf, just a lot of different sports, but my dad and my brother are big golfers, so whenever I get the chance, I go out and play a lot of golf. I saw an interview somewhere where you said that you dreamed of being a professional football player, basketball player, or golfer. So you must be good at the the final of the three. Yeah, I, I didn't know what it was going to be growing up. I just know that I love playing sports and you know that I want to be a professional athlete. We're doing fun facts with Mason Shrek. You were a high school quarterback. Did you get to throw it much, or did your team mostly run? I had four head coaches in four years, so I did a little bit of everything. Um, my senior year, I threw it a lot. My junior year, I threw it about seven times a game, but we were pretty good that year, so it didn't matter. Was it beneficial in, in terms of learning a lot of football to have that many head coaches? Yeah, it made the transition to tight end that much easier. Um, just knowing you know, the whole scheme of the game really helped out. For college, you went to the University of Buffalo. Why? Um, they originally had offered me as a quarterback, and um, I wanted to play Division One football, and um, I got there, I saw a lot of potential in the guys, and there's no better than going up against Khalil Mack your first day. So, <laughs> Describe that. It was a rude awakening for me. I didn't really know who he was at the time, so my first day it was a long day. I actually went in the locker room after, called my mom, and said, Mom, I don't think I'm going to make it here. But um, once I kind of found out who he was, you know, it made it that much better for me. So. Khalil Mack almost ended your career as it started. Uh, what did you study there, and what interest might you have after football is finished? Um, I studied communications. Um, I, you know, I don't really know what I want to do yet. I'm trying to, you know, ride this thing out as long as possible and then cross that bridge when it gets here. Hopefully that is many, many years to come. Uh, we're doing fun facts with Mason Shrek. You got drafted late in the draft by the Bengals last year and you almost, or I guess you had agreed to sign with another team when you got the phone call from the Bengals. Yeah, my agent had a contract in place, and you know we had it set up that I was going to go to Philly um, if it wasn't here. And you know I'm just so happy that I was drafted. That was a dream come true for me. So I, you know I, I love to be in Cincinnati. 
When the phone rang, did you think it was Philly, or did you know the Bengals or the Cincinnati area code? Yeah, I saw the 513 area code, and um, I actually talked to the scout, Andrew, um, Andrew Johnson before, so I kind of I kind of had a feeling that it was going to be Cincinnati. But when I saw the five one three number, my heart dropped, and you know it was obviously Coach Lewis. So that was you know, it was a dream come true and a day I'll never forget. You said in an interview, interview you cried. I yeah I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, my, I'm a pretty emotional guy, so you know, when that happened, it was pretty pretty special. And you know having my whole family there was pretty special. So we're doing fun facts with Mason Shrek. You got injured last year in the preseason and spent your rookie year on injured reserve. What did you do? I, uh, you know, I, I made the most of every day, and I went in and worked out every day. Um, I went to all the meetings, took a bunch of notes, you know, just as if I'd been playing. So, um, you know, the only thing I missed out on is obviously practice and playing. So, you know, it's kind of a learning year, learning experience for me, and I got to uh, kind of see where, you know, what I need to be doing, just preparing for a normal game week, you know, in the years years to come. So. Do you fully feel like a member of the team under those circumstances? Um, yes and no. Um, you know, obviously it's hard not being out of practice and, you know, kind of you have to kind of stay out of the way in meetings and stuff like that. So, um, but, you know, it's, it's good to be finally back in the swing of things here now. So it's pretty, it's, it's, a lot, it's a lot better this year. So you show up at training camp this year fully healthy with eight tight ends on the roster. Did you go into camp thinking, I'm trying to make the practice squad, or did you think if I play well, I can make the 53-man roster, which obviously you did? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't. I didn't really think about that a whole lot. Um, you know, I just kind of just made the most of every opportunity. I keep, you know, I keep saying that, but you know, that's that's kind of what I went into uh, every day, mentally saying, and just make the most of every every opportunity, every chance I got. You had a big game in the third preseason game at Buffalo, which, as we mentioned earlier, is where you played college football. Talk about great timing with a lot of friends and family looking on. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was the first time I've been back since I left after my pro day, so it was pretty cool to be back there and just see, you know, see my head coach at, you know, at school and stuff and be able to go visit the campus and see some of the guys. And um, it, was, it was pretty cool. That was, that was kind of my breakout game back in, you know, back at school. So We're talking to Mason Shrek. We discussed the phone call you got from Marvin Lewis on draft day. Describe the, the phone call you got when you were informed that you made the team. If there was a phone call, maybe you don't get a call under those circumstances. Yeah, I was out to uh, breakfast with my fiance, and um, I got the call from Coach Hayes, and you know he just told me straight up, "You're going to be a, you know, you're going to be on our 53-man roster, and I'll see you Sunday." I said, "Yes, sir. Thank you. I'll see you Sunday." So it was kind of short and sweet, but you know, I, I wanted no other way. Did you add a, a mimosa to that breakfast to celebrate? <laughs> no, I had a morning meditation at first watch, though, so it was a nice, healthy little drink. That's good, the healthy option. Yeah. All right, a few offbeat questions for Mason Shrek as we wrap up Fun Facts. Your all-time favorite athlete? Oh, man, I don't even know if I got Tiger Woods is top three. Uh, Jerry Rice, you know, I grew up a Raiders fan, so he's top three. And LeBron James because he's from Akron, Ohio, so. It's interesting, a Raiders fan growing up south of Cleveland, and Jerry Rice was the guy you chose. Obviously, no more for his 49ers days than his Raiders days. Yeah, just, you know, we got to, uh, I got to meet him when I was growing up, so that was pretty cool. Um, How did that happen? My dad had a client at the IX Center, and that's, the, uh, that's where the Raiders flew their plane at. And, um, you know, we got to go there and kind of stand by the plane while, as the guys were walking, getting on. So we had our Raiders jerseys, our Jerry Rice jerseys on, and, he came up and personally signed it, so it was pretty cool. Is there a picture of the young Mason Shrek with Jerry Rice? I don't think there's a picture, but there is a jersey still hanging up in the basement. That is pretty cool. All right, how about the stupidest way you ever hurt yourself as a kid? Oh, man. Playing 
in a wagon going off of a ramp. I uh, fell off, and I don't remember what I actually hurt, but I just know that I got hurt falling off the wagon. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds painful. Yeah. If you could have lunch with somebody famous, living or deceased, who would it be? Hmm. Either my grandpa who passed away, who I never got to meet, or you know, one of those three athletes I think would be pretty cool. All right, final fun fact for Bengals tight end Mason Shrek. How many Shrek jokes have you heard over the years? <laughs> um, honestly, not too many crazy ones that got me upset. I, I, when, I, when that movie came out in 2001, I was pumped up. My whole family was pumped up, and we've kind of rode with it ever since. So my, my parents got the little Shrek sticker on the side of their jerseys when they wear it to the game. So we, we take full pride in it, and we, we love it. So It is a good movie. Yeah, yes, it is, of course. <laughs> hey, congratulations on a tremendous camp and preseason and making the roster, and best of luck this year. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's Fun Facts with Mason Shrek. Unfortunately, Mason Shrek was on crutches after the game with a bulky brace on his left knee. Hopefully his injury isn't too serious. The Bengals have already lost tight end Tyler Eifert for the season with his ankle injury and tight end Tyler Croft for several weeks with a foot injury. That's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. If you haven't done so already... Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean and give it a rating or leave a comment. Your feedback's been awesome and five-star ratings are really helpful to help more Bengals fans find this podcast. I'm Dan Horde and thanks for listening to the Bengals Booth Podcast.